Well, today we're going to talk about something that I like a lot, family. It's a new series. And the focus of the series is amazing to me because it, it awakens something in me that I don't know that I fully thought about like this. It's a series entitled, A Courageous, Courageous Plan to Help the Home Team. Can you say the home team? When we start the year, we start talking about the importance of having courageous conversations, that you have to sit down and say, look, let's have a talk. There's some things in our lives that we need to fix, correct, put on the right track. And so we had several months of that, and then we went to, after you having have courageous conversations, you, you've got to make courageous changes. And part of changing that is changing your view. We talked about your worldview and how your worldview shapes everything. Your worldview basically is your opinion put into one big pot, right? How you view women, how you view money, how you view life, how you view people, and you put all that together and you got your worldview. And that worldview shapes how you respond to things, what time you get up in the morning. If you're a person whose worldview is I got to be on time, then you get up early enough to be on time. It motivates you to lay your stuff out the night before. It motivates you to make sure things are in place so that you can be successful. Your worldview is, is, is a, it's a powerful indicator of how you think. The next part of this, though, is, is really important because once you have a conversation, once you declare you want to make changes because you now have a new worldview, you then have to come up with a plan. And oftentimes it's a courageous plan. And so I want to talk about that for a minute. But what's interesting is when you talk to people about a plan, especially Christians, you know, they get really spiritual. And they start talking about, I want the Holy Ghost to use me, and I want the power of God to come upon me. I just want to be used of God. I want just whatever God's will is. And, and, and we get all hyped up and, and lost in, the, in a maze of language that really doesn't make sense to most people because it, it's not clear. So what I wanted to do is to help you understand Let's make a plan that's clear. So the first part of the plan that we want to fix is the home, the home team. Now, there's a lot of ways you can apply this, and we'll do some of that in the study. There is my home, Ricky Temple's home, where I live, the Temple family. If I get up here and impress you, it doesn't really matter much if the home team doesn't believe I'm impressive. It's what my wife and my daughter and my grand, all the, all the people who are really close to me, what my nieces think. What would my nieces say about me? What would, the, what would their view be? My home team. Because, you know, they're part of my home team. They're special. I have what I call niece day. It's really quite fun. I started the day where I take my nieces out. They love it. And I do it individually. Okay. You get a day, we eat where you want to eat, and we go to a movie or do whatever you want to do. Nieces Day. Uncles have such a bad title. Sometimes they're really jerks. I can say it because I'm uncle. You don't call, you don't ask, you just go, hey, girl. That's all you do. Sometimes you have power you don't use. And I, I really, I still got some, I got some trips. Um, we even take uncle nieces trips. So it's like, okay. My wife, my, we'll get together and we'll take them. I'll take them. Some, I can tell you now, there's three, two trips on the burner that we're going to find time in the calendar to work out. But they look forward to it. 
And these are old people. They're not like teenagers. <laughs> They're like in their 30s. And they still act like, oh, my God. One's in their 40s. They don't care. They're like, he's our uncle. And Uncle Rick is going to take us to a place just where we can talk. I think that's, that's amazing to me. And that's fixing the home team. My home team, what condition are they in? A lot of times families don't see that. They don't see the value in that. You might not be able to do some of that, but, you know, you can take them to McDonald's. I mean, you don't have to have a big budget. You can just do something little. They don't want much, a movie, a dinner. If she, look, if they say Ruth Chris, say no Ruth and no Christian, baby. If you can't afford Ruth Chris, say no, 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 we're not Ruth Chris saying. You know, I'm your uncle, not him. Okay, we, we are going to Carabas. Let them know. If that's too much, say we are going to Burger King or we're going stack lunching. Whatever you have to do, I'm going to cook at the house. I mean, it doesn't matter as long as there's engagement. And that's, that's important for your, your, your kids, my daughter, my, my, my son. I think it's really, really important. So that's, believe it or not, part of my plan, the plan for my home team. Uh, time off with Diane every Monday is part of the plan. I, I believe it's important for her to have a day when we do absolutely nothing. She said it yesterday. She said, you know, it's, it's just amazing. I like to go to the beach as often as I can and walk around and just see the water. I like water a lot. And it, it's, it's part of my plan to purposely do things that make her feel a certain way. And I really believe the Bible says I will reap what I sow. So here's a question. What, how is your home team doing? Well, let's not just talk about your family for a second. As a church, let's talk about our home church because that's our home team. I, I see churches all the time talking about changing the city, but their churches are all messed up. Deacons and the elders are fighting. People don't get along. I think you should start by having a courageous plan to fix your home church. It's, it's wonderful to talk about the country, but what about Savannah? This is our home town. We should care about our community, our neighborhood, our hometown. I think we should care about the world, but we should care about America too. But we can't ignore the world because we live, live on the planet. How about an amen to that? This is your home planet, right? Is anybody visiting from another planet? You can't, you can't just say, well, I don't care about what's going on in Asia. You really should. Because this is your planet. The atmosphere, the environment, you breathe the same air. You need to care about your home. But the first place you start is your home team. And so let's talk for a minute about what that looks like. And what I, what I did was I went to Deuter Deuteronomy chapter 6. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses is having a discussion with the second generation of Israel. And this is a great discussion because in this discussion, in this conversation, He's saying, I don't want you to make the mistakes your fathers made. Now, their fathers were the people who didn't get to go to the promised land. If you remember the story in the Bible, it talked about how Israel came to the, to the promised land. They, didn't, they sent 12 spies over. They didn't want to go in because the people were too big. And they said, we don't want to go in. You brought us out here to die. And then God said, because of your rebellion, you're going to spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And so the, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and all the people that were 20 and older died out, 
the people who are 19 and below now are in charge. And so he sits down with them in the book of Deuteronomy and says, let me give you a historical review of your nation. Let me help you understand that you might have forgotten some things in 40 years that I want to remind you of. So in chapter 1, he starts this whole recalling of the story. Even Moses tells his story about how he was not allowed to enter the promised land because of his rebellion and his temper tantrum he had when he was over 100 years old. Remember the story? He smoked the rock and all that stuff. is horrible. But anyway, so this is, this is an amazing moment when he talks to them. And here's what he does. This is so important to hear. He basically says, let me give you your job description. Let me tell you what you should be focused on. And what he tells them to do is focus on their home team's job description. And the way he says it is so classic because what he wants them to do is get back to the basics. And so there's some basic things that he says that he wants them to get back to. But I want you to remember now the big question for today is, has your family taken up the wrong job description? I believe that what he tells them is the job description. And I want you to like, look, look at your job, your family's priorities, your family's job description as you see it, and I want you to see what he said to them. And I want you to compare the two. It is my belief that we've gotten away from our job description. Here's how it goes. Can I just, uh, this is probably terrible, but can I just tell you the, the, the punchline in advance? Yeah, let me just, then I'll, I'll go back and tell you how, how this works. I was in a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and I changed this because of that this, this exchange. I was with a group of pastors, and I mentioned this a little bit last week. But in this in this exchange, they asked me a question. It was a Q and A session, and they said, they, first of all, they said, "We want to talk to you, Pastor Rick, about streaming. We don't like it because people don't come to church." And by the way, they're talking about you people too. By the way, okay? there's hundreds of you out there. And they said they didn't like streaming. And I said, why? And they said, well, because they're not in the building. And here's what they told me. Our job is to get them to come to church. We're supposed to build the church. And I said, your definition of church is too narrow, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I said, the church is not these walls. And I said, streaming allows people to be a part of the church who, for whatever reason, today can't be there. Now, let's watch this. You ready? How many of you at some point stream? Raise your hand. They're talking about you people too. That's almost everybody in this room. It's amazing. Almost everybody. So as we were talking back and forth, and I was explaining to them how, well, listen, it's not going to change. And I went through this whole conversation. And then, then one of them raised their hand and said, Can I, wait, 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 Pastor. What about the children? And they said, the children, the children, Pastor, are not going to get children's church in Sunday school. And I flipped. And something came over me, and it went kind of like this. So you think it's my job to save your children? So you think that's part of my job description, to save your ungodly children? Oh, I tell you, I flipped a little bit. It was a friendly, wonderful conversation, but I said, it's not my job. And let me go a step further. It's not the school's job either. And it's not the government's job. It's not the mayor's job. It is your job. Those are your children. That's what I said. I am a supplement. Like a vitamin. That's all I can do. 
I don't have enough time with them. Just be practical about it. I don't spend enough time with your kids. I don't even know them, really. I kind of know them, but I don't know them like you know them. How in the world can you make it my responsibility? How is it that all of a sudden you're going to go to some teacher and curse her out because your kid can't read? Really? And they're with you all summer? I don't see how that's what I did. That stuff. That's what I'm paying them for. <laughs> you should pay them more money. That's what you should do. Let's, let's give them a raise. That's the first thing you need to do. You're going to use that as an argument. <laughs> so since you don't want to pay any more taxes, that's not a raise is not coming right now. So let's just get honest for a minute. I think I understand the responsibility of the schools. I understand our, you know, the mayor's responsibility. I understand. I understand. I get all that. I get all that. Even though I have opinions about that too. It's a part-time job, and you got to look at the salary. It wouldn't impress you, not for all the work. You can't be the mayor unless you got money. Let me tell you right now. Don't run if you're broke. I'm gonna tell you right now. Don't run. <laughs> Middle-class person, don't do it. You can't afford it. It's a full-time job. You get part-time salary and a whole bunch of headaches from people, and that's. From all the mayors I've talked to who love this city, I think it's a whole nother conversation. Don't get me on now. There's something about having opinions. There's nothing to talk to people. To understand that we are somehow, here's my big punchline. You ready? We have somehow forfeited our responsibilities, and we have delegated it to somebody else. And we are mad about it. Here I go, off the cliff. Mm, help me. Will I recover from this, Jesus? Help me. Help me. Okay, now just, just, just take this right. Just take this right. I, I don't mean any harm when I say this. I really don't. People ask me, why don't I march? I'm not against marching. Marching has a historical value in our country. And there's a season when that works. If they're not listening to us, we need to do something. I believe in doing everything you can Martin Luther King only marched because there's no other option. But you got to march with focus. You got to aim with focus. You can't get mad with the people and burn down your neighborhood store. You got to be more focused than that. If I want to march against crime, if I want to get out and say crime is bad, I need to start with the people who commit crimes in my family. That's a good place to march. March over to your cousin's house. <laughs> the one who sells drugs, the one you know <laughs> selling drugs. March. You laugh because all of you know somebody. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Frank. I know you're talking about, talking about my cousin, yes. Violence, you can march over. You can go right in the next room, your husband. You on a bad day. I'll slap you to the next moon, you. It's the home. Raise your right hand. Don't tell anybody this. Put your hand down. You too, you watching. Shh, just between us. I was privileged this past week to speak to all the um, Polish recruits, which is an honor for me. You know, all of, they invite me to come and be the uh, speaker for the recruits and give um, my perspective. It was about an hour Q&A. It was really great. They invited me to come back and do more of those. I thought it was really an honor. 
to talk to all the new police officers. But I've had a privilege over the years to talk to a few of the chiefs, and one of, the, one of them took me on a tour, which was really fascinating. And in this tour, he showed me um, that, he told me, he said, a lot of the crimes are committed by families. It's uncles teaching nephews. It's nephews teaching cousins. I thought it was one of the most profound conversations and illustrations, and he illustrated this to me. This is, this is your job. This is, this, is, this is a job that you can't get so mad about that you think somebody else is responsible. So when a society thinks that they're not responsible, that's when they get in trouble. Deuteronomy chapter 6 kind of talks about this. So let me, let me at least open the Bible here for a minute. Now, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes, Deuteronomy 6 and 1, and judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded you to teach. Say it again. I'll get that. Try it again, preacher. This is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. So when you get over to the land of promise, here's what I want you to do. Fear the Lord your God. Say that with him, please. Come on. Keep all of his statutes and his commandments. And listen to this now. Listen, which I, which I command you today. And you and your sons and your grandsons and all these and all the days of your life. You and your son and your grandson all the days of your life. And that you, your days may be prolonged. That's why you want to do this. So three things. You want to honor God, do what he says, and teach your children. Say those three with me. Please come on. Honor God, do what he says, teach your children. That's the focus that he wanted to bring to these leaders, to these family members. And he wanted them to understand that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to get back to being an obedient family that fears God, honors God rather, does what he says, and teaches your children. That's your job. And the benefit is it will prolong your life. You'll have less tragedy. Some of the tragedies that we see are linked to this. Not all of them. Some of them are unfair. But some of them are linked to this. You see it in your family. I've seen it in mine. I can see them at the family reunion or at a gathering, and I can say, what did we do to these kids? These are the kids we've unleashed upon the world, and we've asked everybody else to manage them. So he wants us to get back to our job description. Here it is again, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your what? Heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. That's just, it's just all your being. Think of it that way. And these, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them. You shall teach them diligently. It's not a passive thing. Diligently to who? Your children. And here's where, here's where you teach them. And shall talk of them when you sit in your what? House. Not, okay. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your head, hand. And you shall, look, look, look at that. You, you, you want you to tattoo it on you. 
this is everywhere. It's on your doorposts of your house. It's everywhere. So you love God, right? And then you teach your children. Now, I want you to understand, children's church isn't even mentioned. Church isn't mentioned. Preachers aren't mentioned. The daddies were the preachers. The home. This idea that somehow we've got this hired team. And you do have a pretty impressive team here. I don't know if you take this for granted or not, but this what's in your hand is not free to do. The organization required here, you have 45 staff people. Let me tell you, I mean, it's, it's about 20 full-time and the rest are part-time. Some work out of town. It's really cool. We got all kinds of stuff going on. Really cool. Cool place to work. But, but you can't, you know, there's 3,400 of you. That's why we have that many people. It's, it's a lot of people. It's 20 just to help them with children. It, it, you know, just so we do it legally right. And you do want your children to take care of right, right? You know, you don't want to just throw them in the room someplace with some game. You have two full-time, you have two positions just for children full-time. I mean, it's, 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 it's because we care. It's a thousand kids. We care. They come in small pieces, but we care. So it's my job to make sure we, we, we do it right. So that's why our tithes, our offerings, all the things we give, it helps make all this happen. But be clear, that is a supplement. The main team, the main job is not here at church. And for a smaller church, it's not even possible to do what we do. It, it's, it's very, very difficult. And here's what he says. You are the ones who teach your children. You do it. It's your job. It's your job. And here's the danger. He wants you to make sure you don't forget. And he wants you to get back to being the family that really heeds a big warning. So notice the get backs here. Number one, get back to being an obedient family. Number two, get back to the family's main job description. And then number three, get back to being a family. That's what he wants for you, that that heeds the warning. And what's the warning in verse 10, verse 12, rather? Beware lest you forget. And then he says, if you forget, verse 15, I love this because he's so honest, I'm going to have an attitude, he says in verse 15. I am a jealous God. Now, I think that's pretty honest to say that. I am jealous. Don't play with me. If you play, if you, if you, if what will happen is I will get angry with you, at least the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and will destroy you from the face of the earth. Now, that's pretty ugly. You don't like that stuff, and I get it, but I didn't write it. I'm just a reporter, okay? Here's what I want you to understand about this. I, this is what I believe about me. If I play with God, if my family ignores God, my family will suffer for that decision. And God said, be clear, I'm behind it. If you forget me, I'm behind it. Some things I see, <laughs> I will say, God's, you and God have an issue right now. Because when I, when I see the family dynamics and I see what you've done with the home team, this is a home team that's decided to reject God altogether. <laughs> How far can I go? Can I say what I want to say? Without, without, can you, can you, can I say this and you not think I'm trying to pick on anybody? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just not. Let me put myself in it so that you, you won't think I'm targeting you. I can't go get a girlfriend, set up another house down the street from my house. Some of you are mad already. See, I'm just, just, just trying. To 
Okay. Have a whole new set of children. And then just act like you're okay with that. How many of you would not be okay with that? Raise your hand. How many of you would not be okay with that? Why? Pardon? It ain't right. Okay. Okay. That's not fair. That's not treating the home team right, right? Okay. Here I go. Off the cliff. But you can sleep with anybody you want to. You can move in with people, live together, not get married, and somehow that's okay. But for me, there's another standard. And you act like a family. We're home. You're home. You are, but you're, you're, you're home that's out of alignment. God honors your love for each other, but the love is out of alignment. You can quickly see and vote on me just now. And so he's wrong. Got your neck all straight and everything. But when it's time to take a step back and say, we're in a relationship that may be full of love and passion, but we're out of alignment. Maybe we should get our love in alignment. Come on, say amen if you hear what I'm saying. Come on. Come on, amen. Maybe we should get our love in alignment. If you can see it in me, see it in yourself. Here's what I'm saying. God, I, I have a responsibility to heed the warning. If I forget God, if I do it my way and ignore him, what happens, he says, will be not be good. It's not going to be good at all. Verse 18, you shall do what is Good, right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you and that you may go in and possess the good land. If you want to take possession of all your dreams, you need to follow what I'm saying. You need to understand you can't just do anything you want. Now, now here's, here's the deal. Some people really hate that kind of sermon. They just think, oh, I hate that part of your message. You know, just keep it up and positive. Okay, um, if you're about to be hit by a train, what should I do? Smile and say, uh, hi, uh, do you like trains? You're about to really meet one. I mean, what should I say? If you're on the wrong road, you're on the wrong road. If things aren't going well for you, you someone needs to tell you. And here's, here's what I think is really sad. Some people don't want to be warned about anything. Some people don't want anybody to tell them. You're all, you, you want everybody to applaud you and support you. And, and let me tell you, I think that's one of the greatest weaknesses in pastors. I, as I mentor them and, and I love them and I care about them, but one of the greatest weaknesses is, is they don't have the courage sometimes to let somebody speak to them. And don't clap on that. Just think with me. Because, you know, you know, you know just, just hear me for a minute. There, there's a moment when leaders, whether they're at the, at politically wherever, you have to be willing to hear, even as a father the mother, you have to hear. You can't just do anything. There is a price tag for making certain decisions. You will pay now or you will pay later. And so at some point you have to pause. And God says, listen, let me tell you now, when you get there, don't forget me because I'm jealous and I'll get you and it'll be bad. And so here's the deal. I want you to be open to tough questions, which is the next big point. I want you to get back to being a family that can answer tough questions. Here's, what, here's what's going to happen in verse 20. When, you, when your sons ask you in time to come, saying, 
what is the meaning of these testimonies and the statutes and the judgments? You know, your kids are going to do that. They're going to come to you and they're going to say, hey, can you explain this to me? Can you define this for me? They're going to they're want you to talk to them and they're going to want you to explain. And here's what you can't say. Shut up, that's grown people business. There comes a moment when you need to explain and they, when they ask you intelligent questions. But it's going to make me look bad, a grandmama look bad, a granddaddy look bad. Well, okay, they're going to find out when they get this, this whole thing, whatever. You know, listen, listen, listen. At some point, he says to this generation, you're going to have to explain. You're going to have to say what happened. I'm not saying say it when people are at age they can't process it. I'm not saying some things should ever be said. I get that. I understand that. Some things I understand. But I'm saying he told you you're going to have to explain. I'm going to leave it there. I can't give you a way out of that. My mother was really smart. She said, um, <laughs> I'd ask her a question, and she said, uh, I can answer that for you, but I'm not going to put that in your brain. I will not put that. She told me just like that. I will not put that in your brain. I could answer that, but I refuse to. She says, I, I am not. not and in the sense, I, I applaud that. I want to step up a little bit in the river, a little bit further. I am 60 years old, and I, I still remember this. Some things about her, but my dad and her, it's like, you don't need to know that. Not those details. I'll tell you this, and I'll tell you that. But all of that. I'm never going to put that in your brain. Family members, she said, oh, no, I'll tell you this, and I'll tell you that. I'm not going to tell you this. But she gave me enough explanation so that I could at least see some of it. Some I found out later on anyway. I am investigative. Your kids are too. They will discover stuff. Can't be afraid of that. But as I said, and I've already given away my punchline, the big mistake we make in families is we've delegated it away to other people. Some, some of you have given the church your kids, your, your, some Christian leader you admire, some community leader you admire, too much of the power and vision in your life. If you'll note a mistake I made, and let me read the statement I wrote here. And you've got to add a couple of words because I've, the computer took them out. I'll blame the computer. <laughs> this, is not the Sunday this is not the Sunday school teachers. Let me just make the statement first of all. Two mistakes families, churches, and communities make dealing with families. Number one, we've delegated away our job to churches, Christian leaders, and community leaders. And this is not the Sunday school teacher, the pastors, the evangelists, are the prophets' main job. They supplement what you do at home, Ephesians 4.11. They help perfect you in your walk with Christ. That's what Ephesians 4.11 says. They don't have access with your, uh, should be with your, with your kids at, at home or to your kids at home. Along the way, you should say along the way, when they eat, lay down, or when they get up, it would be a bad plan to expect Christian leaders to be responsible for all this forever 
for should be for all believers. In other words, they can't help you. Bottom line, they can't help you. And then the second thing we've done wrong is we have, we've made this incredible mistake. We've made something. We've created this what I call expensive model. You know how much this costs to do? This is, this is not cheap. It's, it's not cheap. And what we've done is we've created an expensive model in the churches and the communities that keep us in a cycle of frustration. When I, when I see family members or when I see community leaders plan, sometimes I think, can you afford that? See, the reason it's, it's too expensive is because it was never supposed to be done by them. It's your family. You'll never be able to come with a tax system that will support everything that needs to be done. You won't build enough parks. You won't create enough jobs. It won't be. Your family should be creating their own jobs. I'm sorry. Your family should become entrepreneurial. You should take five broke people in your family and five successful people in your family and pull your money together and try to build something together instead of watching each other suffer. It, it's, it's incredible. It, and so we have this model that there are these five people you're going to elect in office, and they're going to save your life. Really? Have they saved this so far? You're going to go to some church, and you're going to get some great fancy guy with a red jacket on. He's going to say some fancy words and wave his hands over your life, and whoa, are you going to be better? Well, let me just help you as a guy in the red jacket. I don't have that kind of power. If your family team does not decide to band together, you will, look at me, never reach your dreams. Your family will forever struggle. And they will never get back on track. And here's why. Because they cannot face the truth. And as long as your family cannot face the truth and you spend all of your life fussing about what's going on in the news and spending all of your life saying, what are they going to do today? And have you heard the latest? And spending all of your time admiring a bunch of millionaires on television. I mean, I celebrate for them. Hey, brother, you rolling. God bless you. But that is not in my account. I cannot spend all my days sitting here watching show after show of rich people while I'm struggling and ain't got no money in the bank. Come on, talk to me, somebody. I cannot do that. I refuse to do that. I refuse to do that because that does not pay a bill for me. That does not help me. And here's what I've learned. Now, I've met a lot of celebrities. Now, I'm no, no, <laughs> they just people. Scared about losing their money. And most of them don't have as much money as you think. There's a lot of famous broke people. When is your home team going to think about yourself? This, for me, is one of the most important messages I'm preaching this year. I need to fix my home team. This past week, I just sat in a hotel room. My wife, we went on this trip together, and I sat, and she was out with the kids doing something. I sat, and I just thought all day. Today, thinking day. My money, my finances, my future, my plans, my goals, my objectives, my relationships, my friendships. What's my plan for me? 
What's your plan for you? You trying to find a man with a plan? Baby girl, get your own plan. You trying to find a girl with a plan? Brother, find your own plan. You join this church for us to give you a plan? Okay, I'm going to help you. I'm your supplement today. But once I finish giving you this pill, you're going to have to go out and do your own exercise. Come on, are you hearing me? Next week, I'm going to take you on a journey and help you get back on track. We're going to talk about one key element that you need. Matthew 12 says, is it Matthew 12 in the notes? Matthew 12. A house divided against itself cannot stand. I want to show you how to get the family back on track, the home team. Father, I thank you for what we said today. I thank you for all that we've talked about. I pray that every word that I've said has helped them. I pray they would begin to march around their own family, resolve the violence in their own homes, resolve the anger. I pray that families could unite. It starts with the mother, the father, the children, grown children. It starts with branching that out, nephews, cousins. Sometimes you can't get everybody on board, so you get the family you can. Start with who will join you. Who will join you? I never will forget a story. A little girl, look at me for a second. I'm sorry. She came home after a Sunday morning service. Daddy was a pastor. And she said, hey, can we sit at the table today? All of us and eat. And he said, he said, no, I don't feel like that today. She got her plate. Tears falling on her face. Mama said, she sat down at the chair, the table by herself. And she said some incredible words. This family is falling apart. And she just cried a little bit. And that thing went through me. This family is falling apart. Lord, help us today. Help us today. Help us fix the home team. Help us get it. Nothing I do is of more value than that. And I may not can get everybody on board, but Lord, where I can find unity, if it's just the husband and the wife, if it's just the children, and bring the daddy on later, if it's the children and the mama, whoever can unite, may they say, we're going to unite the best we can and start fixing the home team the best we can. But it's going to start with me. I'm going to forgive people who've offended me. I'm going to release my anger. I'm going to stop being this touchy person. And I want to I want to live a life that reflects and that will bring back to me what I want brought to me. So I'm going to be kind. 
so that I can receive kindness. Every hand lifted. Father, we lift our hands. We surrender to you today. And we declare this family is not going to fall apart. But we're going to live in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. You going to be with me in this series? We're going to get it done. Praise God. We're going to get it done.